Welcome to Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, that's Tony Jones, and Tony, I tried to tell you, Jazz in five. You know, you wouldn't listen to me, you you hemmed, you hawed, you hedged, you copped out with Jazz in seven, and I tried to tell you, Jazz in five, and Tony, we are one win away, you know why? Two reasons. One, Donovan Mitchell cannot be stopped and two the nuggets cannot defend anything wait a minute i just remember you actually did pick the jazz in five i did yo that's right and you said my prediction game was trash i I believe you said that two podcasts ago Maybe no. Three. When you were listen, Zach. When you were when you were saying Jack. When you were just going through this little soliloquy thirty seconds ago, mm-hmm. I was just thinking to myself, "This is bullshit." Like <laughs> Zach didn't say this. And then I was like, then I like my mind started going back. Listen, Jazz fans, I'm sorry for cursing, but this this. I mean, no, you listen, can say bullshit. Come on, we can say. No, no, I can say it. But listen, so we were when you were going through your little soliloquy. I was like, no, Zach didn't say that. And then I remembered you actually did say that. That you? Do you remember why I said that? I don't remember why you said that. I tried to bully you into a into a bolder prediction. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> so then right. I went with the bolder prediction, but technically predicted Jazz in five. That would make me, you, and Eric Woodyard from ESPN the only three people that picked the Jazz to win this series. It's interesting to me how these two teams are viewed. Now, I trust me, I have my. I think we know, like, I had reservations about this Jazz team coming into the series. But also, like, this Denver team is just, is it, do you think it's, like, just respect for Nikola Jokic? Because, like, they're not that good. And they're missing a couple of guys, but also, like, Conley's been out for a couple of, was out for a couple of games before he came back, right? Boyan hasn't been there this whole time. Like, I think if both teams were at full strength, I think this Jazz team would still run them. So I picked the Jazz to win this series because I thought the coaching was that much of a mismatch. That's mm-hmm. the reason why I picked them to win the series. Interesting. Like I thought that Denver was the deeper team. We talked about this. Denver's yeah. the deeper team, the more talented team, yada, yada, yada. But I thought that the coaching between Quinn Snyder and Mike, Michael Malone, as much as I like Michael Malone, and I do like Michael Malone, but Quinn Snyder in the playoffs, he turns into a monster. And I've seen him run circles around Doc Rivers. I've seen him coach circles around Billy Donovan. Yeah. And I thought that he'd do the same thing to Malone. And he has. But what we didn't realize was that in this series, for this matchup, Denver's actually wasn't the more talented team the Jazz were. It is a little surprising, just because I do think it, it should have been a more even matchup, but... A lot of this is, you know, Donovan Mitchell's playing out of his mind, right? Two 50-point games in four contests is is absurd. And, Tony, he might have gotten a, another 40- or 50-point game had the games two and three had been competitive. Had need it. Yeah, yeah like, like they didn't <laughs> need it at all. So there was no reason for him to to go in there and and really try to, like, impose his will. But, like, the, the Nuggets, you know, we talked about this before the series started. They were the worst defense in the in the reseeding, right? In the seeding games, those eight games in Orlando before the playoffs, they were the worst defense in the league um, out of those 22 teams. It's shown up and then some. Like, I think the kind of the, the key phrase of, like, any kind of basketball strategy this season, like in the past, you know, we've talked about 
Oh, they're running a horn set, right? Like there, there were a few years ago, like horn sets became the big thing to show that, like, oh, you know basketball, right? Like you, this is what it is. Now we're now we're talking drop coverage. Like drop coverage has become the kind of buzzword of like you look look at how much I know about strategy. And the Nuggets, well, I'll say this: most teams play drop coverage because they have a good to elite rim protector that they want to keep around the rim, and they hope that. By walling off the rim, you're taking away the most efficient shot in basketball, and you're doing so by having you know your your deterrent there in the middle to clog things up, so teams don't even try to get those. And yes, you're going to give up some jumpers, you're going to give up some threes. We talked about that in game one, where they were just allowing Jamal Murray to walk into these open three pointers coming around these screens. Uh, but the Nuggets don't play drop coverage because of that. They play drop coverage because Nikola Nikola Jokic sucks at defense. Like, actively sucks at defense. He's so bad at it, Tony. And I'm starting to wonder, it's not to give, like, excuses or anything, but I'm starting to wonder, is this a coronavirus, you know, consequence? And I know Rudy had it too, right? But it affects people differently. But we're seeing Jokic compete the least he ever has on defense. Like, he's not even trying. And because of that, Donovan Mitchell just has all of this runway to do whatever he wants. Well, first of all, I think Malone should have. I like the starting lineup that he put out there yesterday. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that was a good change. But he should have taken Jokic permanently off of Rudy Gobert, and he should have put Jokic on Royce O'Neal. Like you stay at the basket, and if Royce O'Neal hits nine three pointers, we're gonna lose anyway. And I don't know why he hasn't made that adjustment. Yeah, because. They're taking advantage of him in the pick and roll to the point where it's almost cruel. If he comes up, Donovan's breezing by him for a layup. If he drops, Donovan's like dribbling into the 15 to 18 foot area. And it shows, I'll tell you the amount of space that he has when he gets into that area. He has so much space when he gets into that 15 to 18 foot area. He's shooting conventional jump shots instead of having to put up a floater. Yep. You put up a floater when you basically don't have a lot of separation. And you just have to get, and you have to get a shot up, right? You play ball. If you had a chance to actually get into your regular jump shot in the mid-range area, oh you got a yeah. ton of space. Oh yeah. And that's what it is with with Donovan right now. He's seeing so much space. He's just rising and shooting in his conventional jump shot. He doesn't even have to put up a runner. Totally. It, it to looks like it looks like a pregame drill. Right? Yeah, it looks like a pregame drill. It's like, okay, me and Johnny Bryan are out. We're running pick and roll. You come off me. You stop stop and pop in the 15-foot area. That's what Donovan Mitchell was doing in a yeah. playoff game. Right, right. Like, down the stretch of a, of a contested playoff game, too. Right? Like, that's the crazy thing. What What's funny is... You know, Denver actually competed early in that game yesterday defensively, and then they just kind of let it go. Uh, but I actually thought they were a lot more active than they had been in previous games, and they were more active moving the ball offensively they were great offensively last night yeah and this is why i think this series is over denver's not going to stop the jazz in this series the only way the jazz don't score or put up like 130 offensive rating in a game in a series is if they just miss a bunch of shots right they're going to get any shot that they want anytime that they want if denver can't win a game where they get 50 points from jamal murray 30 points from nikola Jokic. You get another 16 from Paul Millsap. Like Mike Malone went to Paul Millsap and was like, okay, we need one of your veteran games now. And Paul Millsap came through with one of his veteran games and a good game and a good game from Jeremy Grant. 
Yeah. And a good game from Monte Morris. They had all of that going for them. They had 17 three-pointers. They led for virtually all of the first half. They came back and made it a one-point game down the stretch. If they can't win that game... Yeah, t- Tony, they, o- they only turned it over six times. And they turned it over six times. Right. Well, that I mean, that's the thing. Like, if it wasn't for Jamal Murray in this series, the Nuggets would have gotten swept. Like, J- Jamal yeah. Murray won them game one, and then he nearly won them game four. I mean, because, yeah. well, I mean, that is a problem for the Jazz. They cannot stop him at all. Royce stopped them in games two and See, three. Here's what I'd say about two and three. I don't know how much of that was the Jazz and how much of that was Denver. I think the Jazz played good defense in that game. But I also think Denver just didn't show up, you know, like Denver, right. like Denver. There was something weird about their body language in game two and three where it just didn't look like they were interested in playing. Right. And so I do think the Jazz took advantage. I think the Jazz played good defense. And because of their active and good defense, it just turned both those games into laughers. But I I think part of that, I would say a good chunk of that was because Denver wasn't mentally ready to play. Right. At least that's how it looked to me. But yet, like <laughs> the, the only time I... I remember them not going after Jokic. Uh, Jokic did have one really good defensive possession towards the end of that game where the shot clock was running down on Donovan. And because there were like four seconds left and Jokic was out in space on the perimeter against Donovan, he was able to just get up on him, right? Like and right. force a contested jumper, uh, Donovan missed. And and that was good defense because it was recognition of the moment. Right. Other than that, he was atrocious. And there was one moment where Donovan... So I was watching the the feed um, behind the, uh, one of the backboards on the TNT feed for um, the NBA app, right? And so it's just... it's You don't hear any of the announcing. You just hear the sounds on the court. And it's the backboard that the Nuggets were shooting on. So you see, you see the Jazz on the other side of the court, right? And there was a possession late in the game where Donovan has Jokic on him. And I'm like, oh, here we go. He's gonna, he's isolating against him. He's gonna go after him. And then he recognizes that Jordan Clarkson had Michael Porter Jr. on him. And you could see his face. I was like, oh, my bad. And he gives it to Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson gets the ball and goes and scores. But that's the only time they didn't attack Jokic is when they decided, oh, we'll just pick on the rookie. Okay, so let me ask you a question. What is your level of empathy for what the Jazz are doing to Michael Porter Jr.? Empathy? Empathy. None. None. No, man. Like this is You're just like, come on, kid, you gotta start defending. Hey, you gotta it's baptism by fire, right? Like it's it's not like he's not trying. He's just not learning in real time. Right? Like he still makes the same mistake every single time and they're gonna take advantage of it. And like if it was a college player, I would feel like worse about it, but like it's the NBA and I'm not trying to be cold about it, but it's just like you either it's the great word of great words of Wesley Snipes in White Men Can't, can't Jump. You either smoke you or you smoke, get smoked. Or you get smoked, and you got smoked, <laughs> and that's what's happening to Michael Porter Jr. Every time down the floor. What's the stat you sent me? He's opponents are shooting like seventy, uh, an effective field goal percentage of seventy four percent against him. Oh, uh, let's find the stat. I think that's what it was because that was quite that was quite the stat. Yeah, that's an, that's just I like that's. That's what DeAndre Jordan does around the basket at his best, right? Like, that's the kind of percentage we're talking about, is that every possession against him is essentially DeAndre Jordan around the basket. Well, back when DeAndre Jordan was good. He's not good anymore. How long do you think that it took the Jazz to see to, to see that flaw on film? And, oh, and here I are the think, stats. Man, I, I don't think it took long. According to Justin Fan, and he is a director of betting and analytics for Action Network. 
uh, and the managing director for Fantasy Labs NBA. So this is what he tweeted. Jazz, Utah Jazz players this series with Michael Porter Jr. as the primary defender. 70 points, 26 for 41 field goals, 63%. 9 for 15 three points, 60%. 74.4 effective field goal percentage. Man. 74.4. So last night, obviously, MPJ doesn't start. You know, he subbed in towards the end of the first quarter. The Jazz immediately go after him three consecutive possessions, and they get seven points off of those possessions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tony, he's he, like, he's just he's just food out there. He really is. Like, it's, there's nothing he can necessarily do about it right now. Like, he's he's a rookie. This is the thing. Like, the, like I was, I was arguing with people that I host with on NBA radio before the shutdown, right? Is when he kind of got some minutes before the shutdown. He was cooking and everything, and um, in limited minutes. And and you know there were people I do radio with who were like, "Oh, he's, you know, he's gonna be great for them in the playoffs." And I was just like, "No, he's not. He's a rookie. Like it's rare we get those rookies that come in and actually do something in the playoffs, especially when they're not like they're not just giving the keys to the franchise, right? Like it's not that. Like they're they're <laughs> like they're saying, "All right, let's pick some spots here." And he can score. There's no doubt that he's skilled. But Tony, like, he's a rookie. He's a rookie role player. Those guys, especially when they're not in the rotation because of defense, those guys aren't going to make a positive impact. The thing about it is this has killed the series for Denver because Michael Malone has to put him on the floor because he has to score points. And the Jazz are constructed in a way where there's nowhere to hide. If Denver were playing Oklahoma City, you could put him on the floor and you can put him on Lou Dort, somebody like that. Yeah. Right? You could hide him. If they they were playing the Dallas Mavericks, you could put him on Dorian Finney Smith. Right. Right? Like there are way there are ways in other teams to to hide him. Now he'll still get hunted in switches, but you can mitigate the, the damage some. With the Jazz, he's either got to guard Donovan Mitchell or he's got to guard Joe Ingles, or he's got to guard Jordan Clarkson, or he's got to guard Mike Conley. Or he could guard Royce O'Neal, but Royce O'Neal is active in attacking closeouts and can actually attack you in a straight line drive off the dribble. Plus, he's good at, at setting screens to force switches. There's really nowhere for him to hide against the Jazz, and the Jazz have just exposed that all series long. You know, speaking of coverage... Let's tell you about Manscaped. Let's pause and tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped's got you covered to keep your hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling very supported. But I'm not talking about the hair on top of your head. I'm talking about precision engineered tools from Manscaped. And those tools are for your family jewels. The premium lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof. You take that thing in the shower. You manscape yourself in the shower. The hair just goes right down the drain. It's got an LED light on it. It's made with advanced skin-safe technology. It's going to reduce the nicks and the cuts on your delicates. You're going to be looking so good. Your partner's going to say, hey, let's put the kids at grandma's tonight. It's time to have some us time. That's what Manscaped's going to get you. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. And the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both are practical and they smell great. I never knew you needed deodorant there. Trust me, you do. It's going to make a huge difference and you'll never go back. Get 20% off 
and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 when you go to manscaped.com. That's right, that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. All you have to do is use the code THEATHLETIC20 from the moose to the caboose. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Look, Denver's not a good defensive team anyway, but it's why we saw we saw this at the end of the Clipper Mavericks game, right? It's why just these automatic switches when it doesn't actually call for it, Tony. Like like so many teams just switch actions now almost as a reflex instead mm-hmm. of like needing to switch because either that's the advantage for the defense there or the pick was good and it's at an angle to where the the offense or the defender's not going to be able to get around it. So then you have to switch. And now teams are just like, it's just a soft switch every time. And it's not because any action has led them into switching. It's just, oh, I guess we got to switch now. And the Nuggets are doing that with, with MPJ. And, and the Jazz are just taking advantage. They're just going after him relentlessly. And so, no, like, I don't I don't have empathy over it. Like, do you? I don't think it's empathy, but it's like, dang. And, like, dog, you're like food out there, bro. Like, it's kind of like that, right? Like, it's just... Like he's food, like he's literal food out there. You know, I remember I was playing, I, I was playing against um, Lawrence Bora, former shooting guard at the University of Utah. And we were, we were playing in a pickup game and he was handling the ball. His man was setting the screen and he was like, yo, set this screen. If tone switches off, he's food. Like that's what he said. Those were his words, word for word. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's what the Jazz are doing yeah. to MPJ right now. I do think the Jazz are going to win the series. I don't think they're going to lose after going up 3-1. At the same time, it's not just a guarantee, right? It's not a lock. Like they And they, they've they got some issues covering this team. Tony, can they do a better job defensively than what they've done? I don't know that they can do a better job defensively just because right now they're they're out of adjustments. Right. And so they've, they've adjusted the starting lineup. In game three, they adjusted the pick and roll coverage. They started switching everything. They've made switches to the rotation. What other adjustments can they have other than, okay, let's hope the Jazz don't miss all of the open shots they're going to generate? And then my second question would be, can they receive the same level of game offensively that they received last night? Because they got a really, really great – they played really great offensively last night. Mike Conley was phenomenal. Jordan Clarkson was phenomenal. Donovan Mitchell was phenomenal, right? Um, Ingles was non-existent as a playmaker and as a uh, as a shooter, obviously, in score. Um, Royce O'Neal didn't, wasn't really active as a, as a scorer. No one else on that team can really do that. So can you just hope that these three guards are going to keep picking Denver's defense apart? And maybe you can. Maybe defense. Maybe Denver's defense is that bad, Tony. But um, I do think, like, you can't expect Jamal Murray to get 50 again or 40 or whatever. But you also, I don't know if you can keep expecting Mitchell to have these high-volume scoring games. It feels like it has to run out at some point. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe, maybe just they don't have an answer for it. You know, I don't think they need Donovan to to do that. I think they need Donovan to score 25 to 30 every night for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, they need that. They definitely need that. But, you know, they can get 25 from Donovan. They can get 20 from Mike, and they can get, you know, 15 from Joe, 10 from Royce, 15 from Rudy, and be just fine. And the other thing is, the question I will have is, is Jordan Clarkson's play sustainable? Because he's been ridiculously good. Yeah, but, I mean, the issue is... 
he's definitely going to like he's going to hurt them defensively too, right? I mean, uh, Denver, yes. Denver can just keep going back at him, but they haven't. Yeah, that's also true. They haven't, which is and maybe that's where <laughs> like, maybe that's where Monty Morris needs to do more. Like, I don't know what that is. And I'm just like Denver, what are you doing? Like Jordan Clarkson's on the floor, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not that recognition. So this was something that happened early in the season, where. You know, remember, like, Jokic was out of shape, and I think Michael Malone, like, basically questioned the heart of his team um, in a pretty damning way. And it feels like that never fully went away. Like, even when Denver was winning games, they had lost the rope defensively throughout the season, and I wonder if they have that fight in them up 3-1. Well, I will say this. It would behoove the Jazz to get the series done tomorrow night. Yes, you can't. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what you do because there's it's a neutral neutral court, right? Like I, I like I normally we'd be like, hey, no one's gonna come back from this, and it's rare that that happens. But I don't know what happens on a neutral court with all this stuff going on. I don't think we can kind of subscribe to the norms of what playoff basketball has meant in the past. Um, I think it's important. Like I think the Jazz have to come out and just kick their ass in the first quarter. If the Jazz lose tomorrow night, Denver gets Gary Harris back for game five. All of a sudden, you don't have to play Michael Porter Jr. anymore. All of a sudden, you have another body to throw at Donovan and, and to throw at the, 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 guard, the guard play that the Jazz have. All of a sudden, Denver begins. Do we trust Gary Harris, though, man? I trust him defensively. I don't know. He's had so much time off. Like, when's the last time he played a basketball game? That's a good point, but I still trust him to... Listen. Well, to be better than Michael Porter Jr., fair. Okay. okay. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, listen, the, the, the lazy boy chair that's in my room right now, I trust over Michael Porter Jr. defensively. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so... I'm looking up the last I, time Gary Harris played a basketball game. Oh, March 11th. Oh, he played, in the, he played in the final game. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, man. Like, listen, I can easily see... If Denver comes back and wins this game tomorrow and wins tomorrow, I can easily see them getting a shot, like you know, a shot of adrenaline. Yeah. All of a sudden, Game Six, they they hit everything, and then boom, Saturday night, Saturday morning, we're in a Game Seven. Yeah, and you start getting into the mental BS of like, which is sometimes BS and sometimes not of like, all right, if they win Game Five, does it feel like then Game Six is a must win for the Jazz, right? Because right. not that there's home court advantage involved or anything, but like just the momentum of it all. Maybe you start feeling like you're on tilt a little bit. Well, the, the other thing is, and here's what nobody is going to talk about, and here's where the bubble is is unique, right? Denver's got to pack their bags, and they got to have it down in the lobby tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, you know what? I love that. I love that a team has to pack their bags just in case. They have to pack their bags. Wow. So are you going to have your bags packed that. for th- – you're going to come back and win a series where your bags are packed for three consecutive games? Tony, if I'm like – if I'm Jamal Murray, I refuse to pack my bag. I don't think you can, I don't think you can let that – just that mental thing get into you. Like your bags are packed. Tony, I would flat out refuse. I mean, I'm just saying. I, that's what the requirement is. I know, and I would say, find me. I got to just sign $175 million contracts. Find me. I'll go buy all that stuff. You can throw it away. Do whatever you want. I will say this. If the Jazz can come out and go up by double digits in the first half, Denver would be like, yo, my bags are packed. We've been in this freaking bubble for a yeah, month and a half. I think that's because that was something I was, wor- I was wondering about when everything was starting back up. I was like, oh, we might see our first 3 0 
or 03 series comeback in NBA history because there's no home court advantage. There's none of that stuff, right? There's no travel. Like, it's totally different mentality. But, Tony, when you start thinking about that, it's also like, oh, we're down 03 or we're down one three, and I've been here for two months. I want to go home, right? right? Like, that, right. that also factors in. We're in Orlando. It's hot. It's muggy. I've been looking at Mickey Mouse for 90 days straight. Like... <laughs> My bags are my bags are already packed down in the lobby waiting for me. I can take my box lunch, take my shower, and get on the plane, and I can be home before midnight tonight. Yeah, man, I totally forgot about that whole "you gotta pack your bags" thing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so diabolical. Oh, man. It really is. You know, I just think that the, if the Jazz come out and play well they can really make it tough on, on Denver mentally. No matter what happens in the first quarter, that weathering process probably happens in the second quarter, right? Right. Well, It's, pro- it's probably like you can. they're going to come out swinging at first if you withstand that, and then in the second quarter you go up like you know, 15, halfway through it. You may see that team just completely implode because they might not have the heart for any of this. But that's what the Jazz did last night. Like yeah. The way Denver played, they really should have had – a nine to ten point lead at halftime in that game. Yeah, because they were they were better than the Jazz. They played with with a lot more energy, and the Jazz were actually struggling with uh, the lineup changes. And the other thing that they struggled with is that Malone refused to take Jamal Murray off the floor. So Jamal Murray was eating against the second unit and the starting unit. I think Jamal Murray's going to play all forty eight tomorrow. He played forty three. Yeah, last night. And he was still killing at the end. And he was still killing at the end, yeah. which was, which is crazy, you know. But if the Jazz win, you know, depending on what happens with the Clippers and the Mavericks, they could be waiting for like four or five days before before another series starts. Yeah, they got plenty of time to game plan for Luca. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. I think they're going to be game planning for Paul George, baby. Is he going to show up? Is he getting to the bubble soon? <laughs> like, he's going to be there physically. What do you think of this series, man? Paul George came out and said, I think if I shoot better, this is a different series. We know, Paul. That's the problem. You're not shooting better. You've been saying this since 2013, bro. Right. There's always an excuse. I actually like watching Paul George play. I just, like, he changed his story, like, three times on why he left Indiana. Right and how that and that whole process of what happened, like he's said a different version like almost every year. Um, the whole like he wanted to talk talk trash in the comments to Damian Lillard and then starts whining like you guys don't know what I've been through, my six surgeries, blah blah blah. It's like okay, yeah, buddy. he like, should have done that. And I said this on the podcast, but Tony, you can't ask for the smoke and then complain that it's too smoky. Yeah, it just doesn't okay, work that way. Here's a thought exercise for Luca, and I'm I'm gonna go first. Here are the players right now that I would definitively take over Luca Doncic. Okay. Uh, LeBron James. Wait, to do what? Are we just talking a game as a player? No, but like to start a team, you're not taking LeBron over Luca to start a team. No, here's the player. Here are the play- guys that I definitively think are better players than Luca Doncic today. Right. Okay. Now, at this gotcha. point. Gotcha. Okay. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Stephen Curry. And I'm assuming all these guys are healthy. Stephen yeah, Curry, yeah. Kevin Durant, yep. James Harden, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, Mm-mm. and there was one more. Take those last two uh, off, the, off the list. And Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I have Luka Doncic as the eighth best player in the NBA. So He's better than AD. He's better than AD. I wouldn't argue with you too much over that. And we'll be right back after this. 
I don't think that's a knock on AD necessarily. It's just we've seen what it looks like with AD when it's just his team. That and part he's is good. True. He's good. And he look, he had some pretty bad teams around him in New Orleans, so I don't want to kill him too much for that. But there is there is a limitation. Now it's a high limitation, but I I think AD is behind Luca in terms of just like dude can take over a game. Right. Like Luca just Luca's always taking over games, right? Harden's Harden should be the better player by far, but Harden just goes through these weird things, man. He did it today. Yeah, he did it today. He did it today. Like that like your your team's in the middle of going 3 for 23 in the second half from deep. Like go to the basket. Lou Dort got him in jail, bro. <laughs> He's like, "Listen, I'm about to change James Harden's name to Andy Dufresne. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, seriously, man. Like, listen, James Harden's numbers today. He was 11 for 25 from the field. He was 6 for 15 from three. He only got to the foul line five times. Yes, he had 32 points. Yes, he had 15 assists. But he shot under 50% from the field, under 50% from three, and he had six turnovers. And he only got to the foul line five times, which is what you have to do against James Harden. Yeah. He wasn't there at the end, you know? He just wasn't he wasn't the superstar he's supposed to be at the end. You see what Luca did yesterday, like that's what it's supposed to look like, right? Yeah. It's funny, like I can recognize James Harden's a better player. I'd take Luca. Okay, so you have Luca at number six. Uh let me think is about it. So LeBron, Kawhi. LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Steph and KD, Curry. yeah, KD for sure. Steph. Oh, am I forgetting anybody? Go ahead. Piss off Golden State fans. Do it. What? I said Do Steph. Do it. No, say say Luca's better than Steph. No, 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 no. You know what we need to stop doing on this internet? Is acting like Steph isn't a historic, like, just absolute demolisher of worlds. Okay? We need to stop this. It's so stupid. If I see you on the internet, and look, you don't have to care about what my opinion is, but if I see you on the internet hemming and hawing about how good Steph might be or white people overrating him, all this stuff, you're an idiot. I just think you're an idiot. Steph's so good. Just flat out idiot. Steph is so damn good. I cannot believe there are people who try to discount what he does. To me, like, look, I'm not saying he's historically the same, but to me it's like when I see people trying to discount what LeBron does. I'm like, what are you doing to this historic legend? What are you doing? This doesn't make you seem smart. This doesn't make you seem interesting as a basketball analyst or discusser. <laughs> it's, uh, it's accomplishing nothing but making you look like an idiot. Steph is so good. Like, historically great. And I just, like, we got to stop. It's not cute. None of it's cute. It's not cute. It's not. None of it. None of it's adorable. None of it makes you seem unique or interesting. You just look like a dumbass. Tony, what if I came out here and I was just like, you know, when we talk about baseball players, are we sure Ken Griffey Jr. was that good? <laughs> are we sure that Mike Trout really the right. best player in baseball like, right are now? Are we sure? Are we sure? Tony, are we sure that Jerry Rice is a great receiver? Played you with some what? pretty good quarterbacks. <laughs> what are we doing? You just sound like a moron. You know what? Mookie is really protected in the lineup. And so is Christian. <laughs> yeah, would Mookie Betts be doing this if Cody Bellinger was in line? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Just so stupid. Is Justin Verlander really that good a pitcher? Right. It's just stupid. <laughs> is Tom Brady a system quarterback? Shut up. Learn some basketball. Steph is historically great. If you don't agree, you're an idiot. It's just that uh, simple. 
this podcast will forever be known as the podcast where I finally got Zach to lose it. I mean, you just like, Tony, <laughs> should I start walking around saying like, I don't know. I don't know about this Isaiah Thomas guy. I mean, he won a couple of rings, but I don't know. Well, no, jazz fans already do that. That's a whole John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas thing. Though. And, and by the way, if you're, discount, if you're discounting Isaiah Thomas, jazz fans, you're an idiot. All right? Dude jazz is a historic Jazz fans already problem. do that. Don't jazz do fans that. Already Don't do, do that. that. We can appreciate guys and still like our guys better. I was literally on a jazz fan page a couple months ago, and they said that Isaiah Thomas was overrated. Oh, my God. What does that even mean? <laughs> He's in the Hall of Fame. No, they said they said he they said he was overrated. They said he wasn't the best. He said they said how he was could the third you be in the Hall of Fame and be overrated? <laughs> how was that possible? That doesn't make any sense, Tony. No, it doesn't make any sense. Let me, I'll give you an example. Okay, growing up, Minnesota Timberwolves fan, right? Kevin Garnett, my favorite player, absolutely my favorite player. And there was a time where a young Zach Harper was trying to make arguments that KG was better than Tim Duncan. Right? Oh, if KG was in Tim Duncan's situation, it would be this, this, and this, all this stuff. And now I look back on that, I'm like, what a dumbass I was. It doesn't mean KG's not historically great, right? KG, to me, is one of the 25 greatest players ever. But Tim Duncan might be one of the 10 greatest players ever. And it's okay yeah. to recognize that. It's okay to recognize that he was better. That's what that feels like. I have Tim Duncan at round number seven or eight. Yeah, that's probably where he belongs. He's that good. And you know what? It doesn't make Kevin Garnett bad. It doesn't make Kevin Garnett not a Hall of Famer, not one of the greatest. It just means he wasn't Tim Duncan. Right. we got to stop doing this just, just stupid arguments that don't mean anything. I know we're killing time. I know we're just waiting to die. I know that's what it is, Tony. But we gotta, we got to try to be smarter in this stuff. Steph Curry, not great. So you have Luka Doncic. So I got Luka six, 6 is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'd take, like, I'm trying to think of if I'm forgetting anybody. Are we forgetting Dane? Are you taking Dame? I take Luke over Dame. Uh, so you you remember that whole you know you remember I went on a, a Dame Luca rant about a week ago. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How we feel, Tony? Um, I, I think I've come around to Luca. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Dame is ridiculous, but the ridiculousness is the shot making. Luke is going to give you 40, and he's going to give you 14 rebounds and 11 assists as well. Yeah, he's 6'8". I mean, yeah. He's 6'8", and he's sick. Like, he's... Yeah, it you know what? You know what Luka is? Luka is what Paul Pierce thought he was before Kevin Garnett dragged his ass to the Hall of Fame. Oh. And next on ESPN, Paul Pierce says that LeBron James isn't in his top five if he loses a second round series. And by the way, we all know what that stems from, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's, because that's because Paul Pierce hates LeBron James. That isn't like, yes. oh, I think that... No, they literally hate each other. Those two yes. hate each other. And so Paul Pierce is going to take shots at him every single time. So anytime Paul Pierce talks about LeBron, just ignore it. Or grab popcorn. Either way. Okay, so let's round it all about. If the Jazz figure out a way to win this series... Okay, let's, 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 let's go on record. Okay. Since we're... Do they win game five? I think they do. I don't think Denver has the fight in them for a full game. I haven't seen anything to, to feel like Denver has the fight in them. I think they win game five. I think the Jazz do exactly as you say. I think they weather, I think they weather an early flurry. They right themselves. I think if this is a double-digit game five minutes into the third quarter, Denver it's just over. gives up. Yeah, I think you'll see. I think you could see a flurry in the, in the beginning of the third where Jamal Murray's like, we're not losing this. We're not going down like this. I didn't pack my bags. 
And if it doesn't work, the Jazz probably end up winning by like 24 points. I think the Jazz will win by somewhere between six and eight. I just think that Denver's got to play a perfect offensive game and the Jazz are just going to have to play down a level to lose this game. Which we've seen them do. <laughs> To be fair, which right? We, like which which we have seen them do. Yeah, we've seen the Jazz do this stuff before. So little did we know that that was what happened in game one. Because oh. the Jazz went up and the Jazz went up three levels from game one. Right. They cleaned up all of all all of the stuff that they did wrong. They got the ball over within eight seconds every time. <laughs> they did. That's important. <laughs> As important. It's an important start. And they figured it out. They've been dominant in this series since. So I would think that they would be able to, to close out. Now, if they do close out, what level, and we would, I mean, obviously we would dive into this uh, more, but what, what level do you think they play at against Dallas or, or the Clippers? I think the Clippers are a really bad matchup for them. Okay. I happen to think otherwise. Yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, I guess Paul George is involved, so anything can happen with the Jazz winning a series. I would pick the Clippers because... Kawhi Leonard is yeah. I just I don't see how I don't see how they handle Kawhi in any way. Here's the thing, the Clippers to me are a good matchup for Donovan Mitchell. In theory, they should be able to just put Paul George or Patrick Beverly on him if assuming Beverly gets healthy. I haven't seen Beverly have a lot of success with Donovan. Beverly with Kawhi and Paul reaching in, you know. True. I I think I think there's some, like I think Pat I think Pat Bev can can funnel Donovan. Not that he's going to lock him down and put the clamps on or anything. I think he can funnel him to problematic areas, which could take some huge adjustment, Tony, because he gets his free reign. Free reign of any, like, wherever he wants to go in this series against Denver, he gets to go. Right. Well, it should be the opposite, but also Clippers aren't defending that well right now. So maybe that's, maybe I'm overestimating what the Clippers should be able to do. The Clippers have to play Reggie Jackson. Oh, God, he's... He's that's, he actively that's, sucks. That's number one. They have to play Lou Williams. That's number two. And those are those are two places that Donovan can go easily for buckets. That's true. And they have to play Montrez Harrell. For those who haven't watched Montez Harrell Montrez Harrell on pick and roll coverage, Oof, man. you are in for a treat. It's not quite Jokic bad, but it's not far from it. It's not far from it. Yeah. So it's a phenomenal matchup for Rudy Gobert because not only does he get to play drop coverage, he doesn't have any. There's nobody for the, to, that's capable of stretching him out. Ooh, see, I don't agree. Unless, unless you play Jamichael Green at the five, either Jamichael Green or I would even against Rudy. I'd play, I'd play Marcus Morris at the five. Okay, you play Marcus Morris at the five. That's fine. Then you're just getting killed on the offensive end. Unless you're switching everything. I think you're switching everything. Because, like, if they want to dump the ball into Rudy, go ahead. But see, here's the thing. Especially with all those active hands from from Clippers defenders, like, I just would expect them to be able to get a lot of turnovers there. But to play Marcus Morris at the five, you got to play Reggie Jackson or Lou Williams. That's probably true. Yeah. And that that would be an issue. And then Donovan Mitchell eats. Yeah. And if Donovan Mitchell doesn't eat, Mike Conley eats. Yeah, but if I'm, I mean, if I'm the Clippers, like Mike Conley wants to beat me, go ahead, you know. But he can. He can. Is he able to go, ma- you know, shot for shot with Kawhi? No, no I, I would so. say if Jordan Clarkson wants to beat you, then you go ahead. Um, yeah, that Jordan Clarkson Lou Will matchup is gonna be fun. And Jordan might try. Uh, Jordan might. He might try. No, Jordan will <laughs> definitely try. <laughs> All right, but we got to see if the Jazz can wrap up this series. Against the Nuggets, uh, game five is Tuesday. Denver has to pack their bags. Regardless, I love that. They have to pack their bags, and if they win, they have to pack their bags on Thursday. Oh, man. 
think I just got to keep them packed. Just have one duffel bag ready. Live out of that duffel bag for a few days until we you just gonna call them, we We're just going to call them the duffel bag boys. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Subscribe to The Athletic. Check out all Tony's great coverage of the Utah Jazz. You got to read him when Donovan's dropping 50. Just phenomenal stuff. Uh, make sure you check out uh, everything that we've got on NBA coverage, the best NBA coverage out there. Subscribe and rate the podcast. Leave a review if you can. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of that good stuff. If you're on The Athletic and you're subscribed to The Athletic, you can click follow for notifications and new episodes. You can even comment on the episodes themselves. We have a comment section for the podcast. For Tony Jones, I'm Zach Harper. For the love of God, somebody think of Michael Porter Jr.!